Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. Why is uh, socialism rising among our young people today? Why is Marxism and communism rising in our nation today? It's a simple answer. It's the same story. There is no strong evidence of a church that really believes in the power of God and heaven and the urgency of the human soul and the things of God. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. 1 Samuel 30, verse 1. Now, it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive, listen to this, the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city And there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed. Listen to this. If that wasn't enough for David. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. Okay, so they lost the city. They lost their wives and sons and daughters. And now they're going to take it out on David. I get that emotionally, but it's sad. But look at the last statement of verse 6. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. You ought to mark that down. That's what we're talking about tonight. We need to stop. We need to learn how to stop the noise that's going on in our lives and what's happening in the world around us. All the stuff that's happening. Friends, uh, either, I hope anyway, I hope that you are uh, happily ignorant to so much of what's going on in the world. I don't mean that in a rude way. It's probably best for you not to know. You know, like, again, on the medical theme, um, I've been told, uh, maybe you have too, that doctors make the worst patients. Why is that true? Because doctors know what can go wrong. Doctors know what, what can happen. When doctors feel a lump in their own body, their mind goes down a litany of self-examinations because they know too much about lumps. So they begin to self-diagnose and they can get themselves all worked up. Of course, if you and I go into the doctor office and there's a lump, they just say, oh, don't worry about it. Why do they say that? Because it's not their body. It's your body. (laughs) It's a big deal. I just insult it. Every doctor is going to get up and leave the building now. No, but, but what we need to do is be very, very careful about the news 
that is coming at us. News from your health, news from the news, news from the world, news from church, news from life. And, and I would say tonight more than ever, it's time for us to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Everything may feel or seem to be lost. My heart was broken last Sunday here in the campus where a family came up and they were just weeping because their loved one, their grandmother, was just consumed with isolation and, and being ostracized, not intentionally, but because of COVID decisions made by family. You know, we can't, we can't see you. And she said, I don't care. Come and see me. I'm old. Now think about that. That's normal. Amen. That's normal. When somebody who's 85 years old says, get over here and see me. I don't care if I catch a cold or fall down the stairs. I've lived my life. I want to see my grandkids. Get over here. Oh, no, no, we can't come. We might get sick. And that, that working in lives of people unchecked in this day and age, which is disgusting, it's inhumane, leads to suicide. And it's tragic. And so we need to stop the infringement upon our peace that Christ has given us. We need to stop the onslaught of the rhetoric of the world that has no hope. Please, church, listen up. The world has no hope. And they're, but they're trying to tell you, trust us, trust us. The world has no leadership, but the world is saying, follow us, follow us. The world is saying, listen to us. We are the experts, and they know nothing. God is frustrating, is he not, the world right now? The world is trying to pull itself together, and nothing's working. In preparing for this message, I, I read this. And I'm wondering if you know who it is. In fact, I think you'll know exactly who it is right at the end of this sentence. Religion, this person said, is the sigh of the oppressed creature. The heart of a heartless world. And the soul of a soulless conditions. It is the opium of the people. Karl Marx said that. Sounds kind of nice if you think about it up front, but when he comes down to the end of it, that it's the opium of the people, it's the stupor of the people. Karl Marx had no appetite for the things that faith brings to your life. He was opposed to all of that. And the reason why I bring this up is because today Marxism and communism and so socialism is rampant in America right now. And of course, the Marxist, Karl Marx, hated competition. So he sought to do away with God and elevate his ideology and his mindset about how people who are weak and have religion and faith in God, they need that because they really don't have any hope. Now listen to this. So he initiated his worldview instead of God, Karl Marx. And what was interesting about that is when you read about his time and the age in which we lived in, or they lived in, it was interesting to find out that the reason why Karl Marx concluded what he did was because the church that he saw was a hollowed out structure called Christianity. It was powerless. He didn't see any effect. Think about the age. Listen, think about how history repeats itself. 
He saw a church that was not effective. He saw a church that didn't represent anything that caused him to think again about God or eternity or heaven or hell. Are you with me? He didn't see a witness. So listen, when there's a void, the void is filled. So Karl Marx propagated his socialistic, godless belief system, which is now Marxism today or socialism or communism, whatever facet of it, because there wasn't a strong witness regarding the kingdom of heaven. And you look around at the world today and you look around right now and you think about what's happening and I see the same thing. Why is, why is uh, socialism rising among our young people today? Why is Marxism and communism rising in our nation today? It's a simple answer. It's the same. It's the same story. There is no strong evidence of a church that really believes in the power of God and heaven and the urgency of the human soul and uh, the, the things of God. There's, there's compromise, there's weakness, there's vacillation. And so there's a void in what is called church in America right now. And so this new religion of atheism is rising. And so what do we do about that? What we do about that is we first begin to realize that in our lives, there's some things that we need to stop and redo. And I hope, again, I pray this is encouragement to us tonight. Before we dive into them, number one is, is um, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. This is an incredible verse. Look, it's still in the Bible. I checked today. It's still there. It's still there. But do we believe it, church? It says there, Paul writes to Timothy. He says, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of all what? Of, of the what? Of the truth. Do we, listen, you don't have to respond. I'm just asking sarcastically. Do we really believe that? If that verse is true, then the church and the Christian is the source for what should be right in the culture or in our community, on our street, or in our nation. We have God's word. We have God's truth. And that being said, I want to just march through these things right now. Number one, mark this down if you would. We need to stop and consider this. Stop to know God is present. When, when the Bible says that David strengthened himself in the Lord, can you imagine the city is burning? There's no sound of kids. They've all been taken away. Your kids have been taken captive and your wives have been carted off. And I, I don't know, when I, when I read that in 1 Samuel 30, when I read that, I thought of this first. It would have been better for your children to have perished. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever lost your kid for 10 minutes? You know that hole, that hole you have in your gut? We lost our, our young daughter one time in, remember the store called Mervyn's? We lost our daughter in Mervyn's. You know what that little stinker did? She was like three years old. She climbed up inside, you know the racks? They have, lay, they have and, and on the inside, you can't see anybody on the inside and you can't see her feet. We're laying down on the store floor, calling her name, looking and seeing no little feet running around. I remember running to the front doors of the church, of the of the uh, store and say, nobody gets out, nobody leaves. <laughs> My daughter was gone. Lisa's freaking out, we're all freaking out. And she thought she was having fun playing a little game. And you know, she was too little to discipline. 
And, you know, you just, you're like, you. <laughs> but you're so happy that you just smooch them to death, you know. But that, just that feeling, and, and listen, if, if a child's ever been kidnapped or a child runs away and you don't see it, it's, it's almost better to find out that they perished somehow than to look down the street and wonder, where are they? And David's looking around, his troops are looking around, no sign, no sign of their wife or their family, gone. And then the team, the soldiers turn on him and they want to kill him. But David strengthens himself in the Lord, which means that David took strength in the fact that God was present. We need more than ever, church, to stop thinking that God is far away and remember the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit that God is present right now with us. We are absolutely experiencing his presence. You say, well, why don't I feel something? Well, what are you supposed to feel? What, what would be the right feel? There's billions of people on earth. That means there would be trillions of opinions about what to feel. It's not feeling, it's faith. faith uh, faith's better than feeling. Listen to this, Isaiah 41 verse 10, but regarding his presence, we need to stop and know that he's present. In Isaiah 41 verse 10, it says, fear not for I am with you. God says this. Do not or be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, strong right hand. God says, this is me. Isn't this a beautiful thing? This is God speaking. He says, fear not, because today in our age, maybe, listen, maybe you're being tempted right now, and you're doubting, and the world has been hard on you and life has been hard on you and and you you barely wonder now at all where am i in the family of god listen you and i we together the entire church on earth is going through a fiery trial right now unlike the world has ever seen which is i mean think about it predominantly it's politically this is another amazing prophetic thing it's not that people are dropping dead in the streets Think about it. This is not Ebola. This is closure and intimidation and pressure and, and, and things that have been heightened worse by political decisions. Think of it. We need to stop and we need to understand and remember that the Lord is present in our lives. He really is. And I, and I hate to put it to you this way, but maybe this makes you feel better. He has to be, because he said he would. <laughs> so I don't know if he is or not. I don't know. I don't know. Am, am I worthy? Of, does he like me? I don't know. Is he? You know what? Just, can you just put all that off to the side? Here's a theological fact. He has to be with you. Are you a Christian? Yes, I am. Well, then smile, <laughs> because he's with you. Listen, he can't leave. Theologically, the Lord is anchored to you. He made you that promise and he can't go back on it. And by the way, he's not regretting it. He's not like, why did I say that to them? If I had only known. No. No. He says to us, don't be dismayed. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart with your kids. 
Don't lose heart with your parents. Don't lose heart with your husband or your wife. Don't lose heart. But it's so hard. Yes, it's hard. This is a time we're all going through. Don't give up. Don't quit. Remember, God is present with you. He said he would be. That's enough. He said it. That should be enough for us. Number two, we can stop. Stop to know that he's in the impossible. Now, I know this sounds like some uh, funny little climate statement, and I don't mean it to be. It just sounds so glib. Stop and know that God is in the impossible. Sounds like a little greeting on a you know, donut or something. <laughs> I mean this as a hard, cold fact. We would, listen, the reason why you and I know about the word impossible is because the fact that what God does shatters the impossible. It's, it's like the word doubt or faith, love or hate. How do you know? How do you know one from the other? Because you know one from the other. Both exist. When we say, that's impossible, oh, then if that's impossible, then listen, other things are then possible. And if that's impossible, then the, actually what is possible trumps what's impossible. You say, well, that's not, that's not scientific. It may not be scientific, but the God who created science can override his own laws of science and take what is impossible and make possible. That's what a miracle is, by the way, people. A miracle is a violation of the rules or laws of science. It's a violation. Who gets to violate the rules of science? The one who made it. God can suspend right now, if he wants, gravity. That would be kind of fun to watch for a moment. He's the one that can suspend the physics of death. Didn't he do it when he walked on earth? I, I love the fact every funeral Jesus went to, he ruined it. He raised the dead. All that money they spent, they hired all those mourners and flowers and caterers, and Jesus comes in and says, arise. It's amazing. But we need to re remember the fact that God moves in the impossible of things, of life. How do you, listen, your career, Christian, tonight, I'm telling you right now that the stuff that's impossible in our lives, think about it. You may be the one that's impossible in your life. I think that's true about me, by the way. You know, we're all in this thing. You know, I'm, I, I, see, I'm just, I was going to say something, but it's on stickers and football helmets, and, but it's true. We as believers, we are in this together. We are in this together. Here's the thing. What, what God says to one of us, he says to all, because not a respecter of persons. It's amazing. When God makes you a promise, all of us get to pile on. Wait, what's that verse you just said? Oh, the, the Lord said that he will be with me. And if the rivers overflow and if the fires rage and if the mountains, be, he's going to be with me. When you grab a promise, and it's a great promise for your life, the beautiful thing about being the family of God is the fact that, hey, you know what? I need that too. What verse was that? Give me that verse. And I love that. Why? Because we know something about our God, and that is he can shatter things that bind us, and he works in the impossible. He does things. You say, why doesn't he? Why? But what about this situation? Why doesn't he override? I don't know why. 
There's things I don't know why he does the things that he does. But he does say to us in the book of Romans that when it's all done, it's going to be really good for us. So how can that be? This person died or I lost my job or, and I love the Lord and all this is going on. Listen, I, listen, I only know this answer. When he's done doing what he's doing, it's going to be really good for you. This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. Free.